Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Disconnect. I am not joined by Phil Hayes this morning like usual. We did take a little bit of a break last week, and we were going to have to take another break again this week because we are just so busy at work right now that we've got to prioritize things. I can't take Phil off the press. That's that's where we make the money. The guy's got to work. The guy's got to put in time, but I couldn't let it go two weeks without an episode. It just felt like it would be way too much of a momentum loss to be going 30 plus weeks with these episodes and not put something out to appease our vast, vast audience that we have here. So I'm going to do this solo. I have not done a solo podcast in quite some time here. So, so bear with me. And if it's garbage, I apologize, but it's always going to be better with Phil in studio here. But this week, Yes, we are busy. It's a good thing. It feels like old times again. We're looking at some of our numbers from, you know, uh, May of 2020. And for the first time in a long time, it feels like things are getting back to normal as far as the consistency of work and the type of orders that are coming through. And I think that's what a lot of people are seeing in their lives as well. But why does it feel like there's this looming sense of dread and doom hanging over our heads? And everywhere you look right now, we're the gas prices are just so out of control right now. And everything at the grocery store, we feel like we're getting hit on every end, even though we are busy at work. The, the margins, our profit margins just aren't the same. The work is there. The margins are not. We've been forced into this reality for employers and employees where we're just so out of um, out of sync with everything. And it's not the fault of the employees and it's not the fault of the employers. You look at what Elon Musk had come out and said last week about the employees at Tesla. He tried to frame this as get your ass back to the office or you'll be looking for a new job. But in reality, it kind of leaked that this was their way of laying people off without laying people off, which doesn't look good for investors. Um, this is the same Elon Musk that is now trying to back out of the Twitter deal. I think he sees the writing on the wall and I think he's feeling what we're all feeling. He's saying that his car sales and the commitment to the customers are at record high numbers. They are, they're, not slowing down on that end, but there's just something that is so um, undoubtedly nerve-wracking about the direction that we are going in. How many people can feel this strain at the pump and at the grocery store for this much longer before we all just give up and we max out? I'm looking at some of these numbers from the credit card debt that Americans are accumulating, April, uh, March and April of 2022, we have hit record accumulation for credit card debt by the consumers, which means people are 
maxing out their living expenses on these credit cards just to get by. We've talked on this show for years about how we're seeing people who are just consuming to death. They get the Amazon packages. They get all of these boxes delivered to their house day in and day out. They buy crap they don't need. Well, that end is slowing down, guys. That part of the equation is slowing down, and now the spending is out of necessity. It's the it's the baby formula for the parents that they have to try and buy in bulk and spend two, three, four hundred dollars at a uh, at a at a trip to the grocery store because they are worried that it won't be available when they need it after they run out. What a scary thought! Thank God our son is just uh, over a year old now and he's off the formula. But I can only imagine those conversations that are taking place at home and the and the dread and the thought process as a parent to say, what if I can't feed my child? That's that's terrifying. That's not a situation we should be encountering in a first world nation like this. So when you see these new expenses come out of a necessity and not a frivolous purchase, you have no choice but to make those purchases. There's no budgeting for that to say, well, we just won't eat today. No, you have to. You have to put gas in your car. More and more people are being called back to work. The price of filling up is growing at a terrifying rate. And when we look around, and this is what gets me the most about this, as Americans, we're not upset that the gas prices are high. We are upset at whose fault it is. We look online and we're looking at this, uh, or, or arguments that take place on Facebook. It's, well, this is Joe Biden's fault. And you turn around and you make an argument and, and somebody who's uh, uh, a, a Joe Biden supporter will turn around and say, well, you don't understand economics because in reality, this has nothing to do with this administration. Well, Let's agree to disagree, no matter what position you hold on that, because we're playing this blame game against each other in society, and it's working out for none of us. I think no matter what affiliation you are, whether you are uh, consider yourself a, uh, a Democrat or a Republican, liberal, conservative, I don't think it matters this po- at this point anymore. I think we're all very nervous about the direction that this country is going in, but somehow we start playing this blame game against one another. We're being pitted against each other constantly. You've got Republicans versus Democrats. You've got the rich versus the poor. You've got employer versus employee, black versus white, teacher versus parent, Detroit versus everybody. We have just gotten to this point where we're picking each other apart when really we're in this together. This is, We're all on the same team here because I can look at all those things I just described. And the one thing that joins all of us is that we're Americans and what is good for this country is good for all of us. The one thing that they're not talking about though, as far as pitting people against one another, it's people versus politicians. The politicians are the scum that are creating these situations for all of us that are pandering to big money and are pandering to a small minority of people. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. 
And we are, you, you look at these situations that are happening right now and nobody wants to take accountability for everything for or for anything. They're all putting their spin on it so that even something that like the, the, the school shooting that took place in Texas, it's, it's no longer about the lives that were lost. It's about making excuses for why they can't get something done. I think at the end of the day, we all want people to be safe. There's, there's your jumping off point, something we can all agree on. Let's make sure that when we go into public places, we are safe. And then work your way out from that. Okay, we found something we can all agree on. Let's proceed from there. You look at that from any argument, you got to start somewhere. What can we all agree on? And instead of looking at these things that divide us or make us different, let's look at the things that make us similar. All of us are Americans. We all want to be safe. We all want to uh, make sure that our families are well taken care of and that we have food on the table, and that we take care of our problems here locally, first and foremost. And I think that's why so many people have a problem when you hear arguments like, let's send $40 billion to Ukraine and help those people. Yet, we're, we have scenarios in this country where cities that were once uh, thriving have become shells of what they used to be. You see videos of people looting stores, openly stealing because they know that these corporate stores are not going to stop anybody. And it's sad that that's the direction that we're heading in because it's not going to get better until we hold the people making those decisions responsible. We have to hold them accountable for what they're doing. And I, where do you start with that? I, I don't know. Talking on a podcast is probably not going to do it, but we are in this situation that it feels like a powder keg ready to explode. And I don't think it's the, uh, that, that low hanging fruit that, you know, people spin and say, well, there's going to be another world, it's going to be world war three, or it's going to be another civil war. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be food shortages and and people who are unprepared for what is to come. And this is when all those things I just described earlier as things that divide us, we're going to have to do things that bring us together because I think we're going to need help from one another more so now than ever. And I think once you have those tough times, all those other, uh, uh, those, those, um, curtains that we hide behind that, that are, that are putting us into these little groups, all those things start to disappear. There was a book called tribe that I had read before and it described in there how hard times bring people closer together. And we haven't had extremely hard times before. You even go back to 2008, were things really bad? That's a, that's the last thing I remember during uh, my adulthood, my early adulthood, as being something that was kind of devastating to a lot of people in this area and really put everybody on edge to what could potentially happen. But that didn't have 
record high gas prices. It didn't have uh, record high credit card debt. It didn't have food shortages attached to it. That was one one situation, but now we're experiencing a plethora of those situations and scenarios that are going to make this future and how we get through this quite different. I know personally, financially, I've prepared myself for this because I, I expect it. And I think most people have walked around with blinders on for the last two years not understanding what kind of potential this uh, domino effect and how catastrophic it could actually become. Right now, you've got, in March of 2022, $329 billion in credit card debt across 279 million open accounts. And, And right now, the average rate of uh, credit card interest rate, APR, is 16.7%. You top that off with 8.3% inflation, you're talking 25% of your money lost by letting it sit there on a credit card. But what other option do you have? If you don't have it in savings, you have to pay your bill somehow. And last time I checked, you can't pay your mortgage with a credit card. So we are we are dangerously close to something that this country has never seen before and i i think i, I you know we always talk about um or you always hear the argument made um especially with like the second amendment too or or some of these other um scenarios that took place when when they wrote the constitution and and back in the times of our forefathers like what would they think about what has become of politics the 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 fact that it's it's become this two party system with absolutely no winners aside from the politicians that are raking in endless amounts of debt like they'd be they'd they'd probably want to pack up and go back to uh uh England at that point because it's been ruined by how out of control things have become. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about talking about the people versus the politicians, because I think that's where it has to start. Unfortunately, we vote these people in time and time again, and they continue to decimate our country. Where do you start? Do you start with term limits? I think that's a good place to, to, to consider starting. Do you tie their hands as far as investments that can be made and, and, and where they can, you know, whether or not they can take money from speaking engagements and um, uh, writing books and other things like that? Maybe, but as a, as a capitalist, I, I, I don't necessarily like that route myself. Um, so I don't know. I don't have the answers when it comes to that. But the fact that they can continue to do this time and time again without any sort of checks or balances, it, it's scary to me because they don't. I don't feel like they represent me. And I, I think a lot of you would probably agree with it. But the one thing I know we can't do is continue to 
place the blame on each other. We can't continue to let tools like social media and um, the the regular uh, traditional media outlets, we can't let them continue to pit us against one another because that's what they're doing. And, and I've seen it, I've seen it happen here at the smallest level locally. And it, it, it's no surprise that it happens on a national level because it happens right here in your backyard. There's people who they go to school with each other, they grow up and they want to have fights with each other on Facebook, or they want to smear people and paint them uh, in a certain light that is completely untrue, but because a few people believe it or feed into it, it allows them to have some sort of narrative or clout online and, and they run with it. It's kind of gross. But if we can't fix it and have individual, uh, individual accountability for engaging in those things, how can we expect, expect any better behavior from anybody else? Like it's got to start with us. You have to ignore it. You have to do things. When, if, you, if you are pro-union, if you are uh, pro-labor uh, rights, I don't think you should ever buy another cup of Starbucks again because they are shutting down stores that, um, that have implemented unions at those locations or have, or have got banded together. And I, I, and I'm I'm pro anti, whatever, do whatever you want to do. But if you are against those kind of things, you shouldn't be buying Starbucks in the morning. And if you look at it and say, well, somebody else, it's, it's okay. If I just get a cup every once in a while, that's, that's fine too. Do whatever you want, but don't, don't sit back and um, pretend that you buying into it doesn't help their argument or doesn't help facilitate them to do those things they do. Look into these companies that you're actually putting your money into. Look at look at the um, look at what really happens when you're buying things from Amazon. Look what that does to your local community, and look what that does to. Um, to, to their ability to stimulate other aspects of the community. I, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about their, um, every year they do something for, um, like a fundraiser ride that they put together. And, and they said, we're having a really hard time, um, getting sponsorships this year. It's not as easy as it was. And, and I don't think that that's, going to be something that's that's not a new trend here. The it, It's getting much tighter. And when we see in these little communities that I live in, when we see more and more people go outside of the community for the things that they have right here in their backyard, it should come as no surprise. So supporting things on a local level and not engaging in some of this rhetoric or allowing family members and friends to be pitted against one another. Um, I, I think that's a good first step. Like don't, don't get angry about shit. Let people have their opinion and move on. If the, if, if we disagree on something, that's great because at least we're allowed to have those opinions. We're allowed to think differently. But then when you start getting into this aspect of targeting people because of their opinions, 
that that's when it gets so far out of control. Like if that is your approach, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know how to, um, I don't know how to engage with you. I don't know how to have a relationship with you. However, I do know how to ignore you and I do know how to just move on with my day because at the, at the end of it all, I'm focused on what's happening under my roof first and foremost because we as individuals can't fix everything that's going on here. But, but like I said, having some personal accountability, thinking more consciously about the way you spend your money and, and, and the way we interact with other people in our own backyard is a great first step to getting things back on track. It's ironic to see how many people on Facebook post about how much they hate Facebook or how much they, um, or, or how we should all get off of Facebook and how technology is ruining the future. Well, the fact that you're posting about it on there just goes to show why the problem will never be fixed. So we can play this blame game all day long or we can actually do something about it and start at home. That's really all I got for today. I had to do something for the podcast because I'm sure somewhere in the analytics, if we miss two weeks in a row, they're going to stop circulating it the way they used to. But I'm hoping I can get back down here with Phil and we can have another discussion because I always like his insight and I hope you guys like listening to this as well. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. If it's as long as it's not blaming somebody else for your problems and what exists in this world, because there is something that each and every one of us can do about it. Will it change things overnight? No, but I think the way things are going, it's it's it. We got to do something. I, I and we'll we'll see where we end up because it's. I think most people my age who have younger kids were all a little worried about where everything is headed and hopefully there's a brighter future ahead. But that doesn't change the fact that the struggle is real. Thanks for listening to The Disconnect. We'll see you guys next week. 